Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis on the gram at Aron88, A-R-O-N-88. And, of course, find all my work, ScoutFantasySports.com. I am here for the next hour, taking you until 8 p.m. Eastern, as we do each weekday. Of course, if you can't listen live, no worries. You can always check it out on demand anytime you want. Go to your podcast and search for Scout Fantasy Sports. Subscribe, and you'll get an, uh, an alert when it is uploaded. And it usually is right after we finish this show. So it's always timely. You could always listen to it at night on your morning commute whenever you want. It is there to help you dominate in all fantasy sports. Check out scoutfantasysports.com. Right now I have my week four, 14. Yeah, week four was so long ago. Week 14, sit article. Where, again, these are players that you don't have to sit necessarily, depending on your roster. I know a lot of you play in deep leagues, 14-team leagues. 12-team leagues like the Fantasy Football World Championship with 20 roster spots. So with all the injuries and maybe the waiver wire being closed in your league, you might not have better alternatives. But these are guys that don't have great matchups this week, and maybe they produce less than expected. So just a heads up to maybe look for a different alternative. If you do have one, we have our Week 14 Stardom article. Doc Roto in his Thursday night football preview, so you can read that now. Before the game kicks off in a little over an hour tonight, uh, Jacksonville and Tennessee, not the most exciting game. Tennessee favored by five over under, I believe, is 37. So one of the lowest ones of the week. But uh, it's the start of the fantasy football playoff. So hopefully you don't have too much in this game. Across my nine leagues, I have one share of the Titans defense, one share of the Jacksonville defense. And no, I did not draft them. Someone dropped them and I picked them up a couple weeks ago. I have Corey Davis, who I am using. Yes, there's trepidation because Jalen Ramsey is probably going to see him a lot. And we saw Corey Davis uh, not have a good game against Jacksonville early this year. The game is home. But Corey Davis is really talented. Maybe they try to get him the ball on the ground. We've seen that a couple times like on the end around. I have a feeling Corey Davis is going to make a play tonight. So uh, it really depends who you're comparing him to. For me, it's in the uh, Fantasy Football World Championship Online League. Uh, I'm going to roll with him. You know, I could go with Traquan Smith over him. I don't want to do that, like Josh Doxson, players like that. So I'm just going to suck it up and go with Corey Davis. If you're in a more shallow league, you might have better options, you know, especially with a guy like Chris Godwin and Cortland Sutton emerging. But uh, and the other player I have is Leonard Fournette in uh, a league, so I will roll with him. But, yes, not a lot of appealing options in tonight's game. Should be low scoring uh, for sure. So uh, not the most appealing, but – we watch for fantasy. We can bet on it. Player props. Plenty of ways to make this game more interesting than it should be. Don't forget also the Vegas Whispers football pick'em contest is still ongoing, and you can win prizes. Check it out right now. There's a 
Link to it on scoutfantasysports.com. And we answer all your questions on the message boards and forums. Is, uh, they're popping. People are very concerned about the playoffs. They want to make sure they make the right decision. So a lot of questions going on there now. And uh, remember, we still have some time to make these decisions. Obviously, if you have someone tonight, it's a little bit different. You have to make that decision now. But I don't think too many people uh, who have made the playoffs have a ton invested in tonight. Uh, I did see some Deion Lewis questions, a lot of Corey Davis questions. I don't think anyone's really playing Mariota at this point unless you're in a league that starts two quarterbacks. Fournette's pretty much you're, you're playing them unless you're in a shallow league. So I think it's pretty clear cut with what you're going to do tonight. We're not play any of the Jacksonville wide receivers with Cody Kessler at quarterback, and both defenses are in play. But if you have any specific questions, get over to scoutfantasysports.com. Go to the forums and uh, ask on the message boards. Of course, we have you covered. ScoutDFS.com for NHL, NBA, and NFL. NBA was fire last night. Uh, obviously, if you were listening to the show, I told you about some of the updates as they were going on. But obviously, the uh, optimal play was to get a lot of Wizards in your lineup last night. There was no John Wall. And Jeff Green was out, and they were playing Atlanta. And pretty much, if you used anyone outside of Markeith Morris, so I didn't use, they came through. Uh, a lot of value plays, of course. Julius Randle was a lock and load. And, um, you know, definitely uh, put up big points last night. Paul George, too. Man, what a performance for him last night. So head over there. There's a, always the seven-day free trial, if you don't believe me. You know, sometimes people don't believe me. But if you know me and you follow me for years, you know I'm not going to bullshit you. I'm going to give you the truth. So you can go there and check it out as well as uh, VegasWhispers.com. Uh, they've been killing it for uh, college football, especially, and the bowl season is upon us. So you need that holiday money. Head over to VegasWhispers.com and become a member today. They gave out uh, six college basketball plays last night. They gave out four over-unders. They went, uh, I think it was 3-1 and one on the over-unders, and they gave two games by the spread, went 1-1. One one. Yes, here it is. You can go to at VegasWhispers. They... Uh, tweet out all the plays at the end of the night. So three and one uh, on the over-unders, uh, one and one on the bet. So overall four and two last night. So again, you play all six, you win. You know, you're in the positive. Uh, so uh, they've been really good in college football. Definitely been uh, tearing it up as well. 32 and 12 the last six weeks of the year in college football. And we got a ton of bowl games coming up. So make sure you get over there and become a member today. We're going to help you win money in DFS for NFL, Steve Renner, Scout DFS, he'll join me in the next two segments to break down the slate for this weekend. 13 games on the main slate, obviously with the bye weeks over. But let's get in to some of the news going on right now and how it might impact your fantasy football team this weekend. Uh, T.Y. Hilton has not practiced the last two days. Usually that is a concern. Uh, he's dealing with a shoulder injury. He's been banged up with different ailments this year. But Stephen Holder, who covers the team for the Athletics, said he expects Hilton to go this week against the Texans. So doesn't look to be any bit of a concern right now. And, uh, yes, the Texans have been playing great defense. They're on a nine-game winning streak. But go look and see who they have played because they have really not played any great teams. Now, give them credit. You still have to go out there. This is the NFL. We've seen crazy things happen on a week-to-week basis. But they just really haven't been beating up on uh, – Good teams. It's been a lot of bad teams. They've taken advantage of the schedule. Hilton faced the Texans back in week four, had four receptions for 115 yards on six targets. I think he might have left that game early, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the Colts put up big numbers that week. So did Andrew Luck. So 
I think the Colts bounce back this week in a big way after being shut out. So Hilton certainly is a good play this weekend in your season-long leagues if you are uh, waiting on him and expecting him to go. So it sounds like he's going to play, but we'll obviously follow that the next day or two to make sure that he is in the lineup. Obviously, people concerned about Cam Newton. He is going to play this week. Uh, obviously, they're kind of limiting his practice reps because the shoulder is still an issue. So he's not 100%, but it sounds like he is going to play. Obviously, the Panthers are still in playoff contention, even though those hopes are dwindling with each loss that has gone by. They were once 6-2. Six and two. They are now 6-6 six and six after losing four in a row. So this is a must-win for them. I do think the possibility exists, though, if they do get mathematically eliminated, maybe they do shut Newton down. So if you don't have a backup for Cam Newton already, make sure you go get one. Julio Jones, uh, not much practice. Uh, he didn't practice today, second straight day. He's dealing with a foot injury. He also had a hand injury during the game last week, but both uh, Dan Quinn and Julio Jones said that he is going to be ready to go for Sunday's game against the Packers. And we have seen this from Julio before. You know, he doesn't practice any play, so... It sounds like he should be good to go and really no concerns about Julio at the moment. So uh, a lot of people counting on him, even though he disappointed last week. It was a tough matchup against the Ravens and that Falcons offense was just shut down 131 total yards. And Julio Jones, his worst game of the year, just two catches for 18 yards. He didn't have fewer than five receptions in any game up until last week. And it's the first time this year he's been held to less than 62 yards. So uh, at the worst time, he might have cost some fantasy owners a playoff spot with his performance last week, just two for 18. But it looks like he should be good to go for this week. Deshaun Jackson did not practice today again. So it's looking like he'll miss another week. And this is really good news. Well, obviously not if you're a Deshaun Jackson. But who has Deshaun Jackson? Who's been relying upon him? Probably no one. What this does mean is good news for Chris Godwin. I loved Chris Godwin going into the year. He was my sleeper as part of the preseason pro picks. Have him in quite a few leagues. Got him in there last week as he played a season-high 80% of the snaps. And I'll get him back in there this week, too. Should probably see a lot of Eli Apple. We saw Eli Apple get picked on a little bit last week. Godwin's coming off a game where he had five catchers, 101 yards, and a touchdown as he had six targets in that game, so uh, hoping for something like that. He has two 100-yard games in his last four and scored five times on the season. It's also good news for Adam Humphreys, who has also been very reliable uh, playing the slot for Tampa Bay, and he scored a touchdown in three consecutive games, five touchdowns in his last five games, and he's just presented a high floor every week. In fact, he's at double-digit points in PPR formats in five of the last six games. So uh, he hasn't had fewer than seven points since week four. So he's just giving you a high floor each and every single week. We know Jameis Winston likes to look for him. So if Deshaun Jackson is out, uh, definitely an upgrade for those two. We heard Jalen Samuels come out yesterday and say he is going to start and alternate with Stephen Ridley. Well, Stephen Ridley said he's prepared for a bigger role following the injury to James Conner as he is out this week. So... It's going to be dicey with both of them. You know, you'll probably see Ridley on some early downs, Jalen Samuels in passing situations since he's the better back in that scenario. We did see Samuels play more when we saw Connor go down a couple weeks ago. And last week, Samuels had the receiving touchdown. So it's just trust. It's tough to trust Ridley. To me, he's more of a desperation, deep sleeper if you're really out of options. 
and you lost out on Jalen Samuels, Jeff Wilson, Justin Jackson, you know, in a deep league. Uh, but we know Jalen Samuels is going to carry a lot of uh, ownership in DFS. And obviously, if you're in a Yahoo league, you want to get Jalen Samuels in there at tight end, not over Travis Kelsey or Zach Gertz. But I did pick up uh, Jalen Samuels in a Yahoo league. It's not a money league. Uh, just uh, bragging rights, and uh, I have Jalen Samuels in there at tight end. Uh, this week I was alternating between Jordan Reed and uh, Jared Cook. I will be going with Samuels in that spot. Speaking of tight ends, Evan Ingram upgraded to a full practice today. Remember, he missed time with a hamstring injury, not playing the last two weeks. I just I don't see how you can play Ingram. I don't see how you can feel confident in him. He's been a, a bust this year. Uh, they're going against the Redskins who have been pretty good defensively, uh, not as good lately. And obviously with that offense not being able to stay on the field puts more pressure on the defense with Mark Sanchez, a quarterback. But Ingram has been a bust this year. And uh, I did have him before the year as a bust because I just didn't see the Giants offense being able to support all these weapons. You know, people drafted Barkley in the first round, Beckham in the first, second round, Shepard in the middle rounds. And I'm like, there's no way they all can eat. And it's true. It's been only Barkley and Beckham. Shepard's been a disappointment. He's had some great matchups recently. Hasn't been able to take advantage of him. And Ingram has been a disappointment. Even at a position where you'll take pretty much anything at tight end, you know, it's hard to bench anyone. You know, Ingram's been, and I know injuries are a part of it, but he's been terrible. Just two touchdowns this year in the seven games he's played. And he hasn't had uh, more than five receptions in a game except one time. It just, it's really difficult to trust him. He's always capable of a big play, but in such a critical week, I just don't see how you can have confidence in him. To me, he's more of a, a mid-end tight end too, like in the 16, 17 range. Uh, and, you know, there might be some people that have to use him. Maybe they were uh, keeping him on the bench and maybe they went with a Matt Lacoste last week and that didn't work out. You might have to play him, but don't think he's in a great spot. Isaiah Crowell not practicing again today with a toe injury, and it looks like he's a legitimate game-time decision. So be prepared. I mean, I can't see a lot of people using Isaiah Crowell at this point anyway with that Jets offense. Obviously, Elijah McGuire – and Trent Cannon would get a boost, but it's I, I don't want to play anyone from the Jets if I don't have to. You know they're going against the Bills. Bills defense has been good, and the Jets just have looked abysmal. Yes, Sam Darnold is coming back, but I really don't want to play any Jets this week if I don't have to. Melvin Gordon still not practicing today. He's not going to play this week. I don't know why they just don't rule him out. You don't need to play games, and you're not worried about the game plan against the Bengals. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL, so this was expected. There is a chance Gordon plays next week, as I mentioned. The Chiefs play the Chargers one week from tonight. You talk about a stark contrast and appealing games. You go from the Titans-Jags tonight to the Chargers-Chiefs next week. Now, that is a game you want to see. That's going to be fun. And my guess is they're going to hold Melvin Gordon out and hope that he can suit up next week for that big game with the division on the line in the AFC West. Rob Gronkowski removed from the injury report. I guess that's good. Look, he just has not looked the same. Uh, he hasn't put up big numbers. You know, he had a great catch two weeks ago uh, in traffic in the end zone for the touchdown. Uh, didn't look great last week. He had three catches, 26 yards. Week 12 when he returned, three for 56 and a touchdown. So he's not the difference maker that he once was. So you just have to temper your expectations. If you have Gronk, you're probably using him. I only have him in one league. I've mentioned it many times. Biggest regret. Tried to be different, and I should have stuck with my plan. So I'm playing him, uh, unfortunately. Josh Adams, full participation today. Tough matchup against Dallas. They've been really good defensively, but Adams is getting a lot of volume. He is dependent on a touchdown, though. They didn't throw to him at all last week. 
So you're going to have to hope he scores. Joe Flacco participated in practice today, and reports are he looks much more comfortable than he did last week, but Lamar Jackson is expected to start against the Chiefs this week. But it does mean Flacco could be active as a backup, but it looks like at least for another week we can start Lamar Jackson. Duke Johnson did not practice for the last two days. He's away from the team due to a personal matter, and they don't know if he's going to be back on Friday. So possibility he sits. Kerryon Johnson still not practicing. I don't think he's going to play. I don't even know if he returns the rest of the year. I mean, they're out of it, Detroit. They might as well not risk their rookie. They know he is their future in the backfield. So uh, Legara Blunt would be the lead back again with Theo Riddick in there in passing downs as that Detroit offense is just so abysmal right now. Sammy Watkins limited in practice today. So he's practiced two straight days. So it sounds like he could be back this week for the Chiefs, but still a risky start because he is going against the Ravens, and we know that how good they have been. I'm not afraid of the other Chiefs, though. And Pierre Garçon did not practice today, so if you want Dante Pettis in your lineup, that's good news for him. It looks like Marquise Goodwin could be back. He's been out due to personal reasons. Pettis coming off a couple of really good games. Certainly someone to consider as a wide receiver three and possibly in DFS. But we'll talk more DFS with Steve Renner from Scout DFS. When we return, it is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronish, you can check me out at scoutfantasysports.com. Got the Week 14 Cinema article up. There's a Week 14 Stardom article, Dr. Roto's Thursday Night Football Preview. And, of course, ask your questions on the message boards and the forums anytime you want. Check out scoutdfs.com, covering you in NBA, NHL, and NFL DFS. Before we get to Steve Renner, let's go to Irv on the phone lines. Irv, what's up? Hey, Ronis, thanks for taking the call. appreciate it, man. No problem. What you got? Got two quick ones for defense and tight end. Do I go Saints or Titans? Uh, I'm going to go with the Titans, man, here against Jacksonville. I mean, they just can't put up any points. Obviously, they don't want Cody Kessler to do much, but if they're able to take a lead, he'll have to pass a little bit more. I know the Saints defense has played very well. There's also at least the early forecast calls for a ton of rain out there. We're still a couple days away. But uh, I'm going to go with the Titans defense here. Great, thanks. And then at tight end, do a non-PPR, do I go Ebron or Jalen Samuels? Man, that is close. Uh, Ebron is playing so well and getting so many targets. I'm going to lean Samuels, thinking he'll get a big workload, but uh, it's real close just because Ebron is just getting such a huge workload and a lot of targets. Houston has been weak against the tight end, and we're kind of still – not 100% sure 
what we're getting from Samuel. So I think in almost every instance, I'm going to play Samuels at tight end. I think it's very close with Ebron. I'm going to lean Samuels, but kind of going back and forth on that. Uh, I would really pay attention and hope that we get some clarity on a report over the weekend on exactly what the role is of Samuels. He said he's going to start and rotate with Ridley. Samuels obviously is the better back as far as pass catching. So, you know, you might see Ridley near the goal line. So the, the Steelers, though, always go with one running back. So a committee is very unusual for them. So I kind of lean Samuels right now, but I'm go, kind of going back and forth on that. All right, man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it, Ronis. All right, no problem. All right, let's talk some DFS now and bring in Steve Renner, Scout DFS. Steve, what's up? Adam, how you doing, buddy? Doing pretty well. I haven't spoke to you in a while. How about them Cowboys? Yeah, I got to give you credit. They they looked really good. They uh, you know they say games are won in the trenches, and that that defensive line was that was about as as good of a game as I've seen played. And uh, they're looking good. Got to give them credit. Yeah, and I like that because there's a lot of people like, oh, they missed a lot of calls, and they did on both sides. It clearly was a helmet to helmet on Kamara. But you, look, you're I'm hoping you're an objective Saints fan. Sometimes it seems like you're not. But you watched that game. <laughs> did you ever think? The Saints were going to put something together in that game. For a while, I did. You know, what was interesting to me was was the fact that they came out and they threw. Uh, really, I guess the, the first four or five times they threw, but on the first drive, they came out the, throwing on all three downs, and I, I thought that was very odd. And, and I felt like they never established the run, and because of that, you know, they've had games in the past against other good rushing defenses, and they've they've still come out and and they've trusted the run and they've taken their two to three yards at a time, and they didn't do that early, and so you kind of get the feeling like, hey, because they didn't do that, they really became one dimensional, and that made it easy for the Cowboys defense to tee off on them. I, you know, it, the only hope that I really had in the game was that the Saints defense was playing really well uh, as well, and that maybe Dak was and and Garrett were going to give the the game back to the Saints, but. Um, I was not shocked when Breeze threw the interception at the end to, to end the game. Yeah, look, I thought Dallas should have been up more at the half, and they let the Saints in the game. Yeah. And I, I put money on the second half money line for the Saints. I'm like, oh, man, they only 13. You're going to let the Saints get another life? So uh, it's one game. Obviously, the Saints are still the better team, but it was nice to see Dallas's defense play like that because I thought they've had a good defense all year long. And obviously, it means nothing if they don't beat the Eagles this week. So Saints are still in great shape, even if they – might not get the top seed, but uh, the Saints are, are clearly the better team going forward. But it was nice for Dallas. All right, let's look at this slate. It's a very interesting slate this week. We have 13 games. Uh, before we go uh, into the slate for Sunday, do you play in these showdown slates? And what are your thoughts on them? Um, I do play in them. My thoughts on them are typically just, just have fun with them. Um, you know, because there, there's a lot of variance that, that really comes into play on these slates. And, and there's not there's not a great contest, right? Just because everyone, everyone's chasing kind of the, the big prize pool on them. So, you know, play it for fun. Um, we've been focusing, we've actually upped our kind of signal slate coverage at, at Scout DFS just because of the time of year that we're getting into. We're going to get more of these. We're going to have the Saturday games coming up. Um, obviously with college football, there's even going to be some showdowns with those. I'm sure people are going to want to play in them on, but like tonight I looked at and I said, I mean, you're, you're going to, not spend all your salary on it and, you know, put in three or four lineups, have some fun with it. I'm very heavy on the Titans tonight. I think, I think they kill them. Um, I think they're going to do a lot on the ground game, but tonight's game doesn't really get you excited. I mean, no, the Monday game wasn't much better, but uh, I did have Jordan Matthews on Monday, so I had that going for me. 
Yeah, and this is a, a game where you need something invested, whether it's DFS, sports betting, pr- player props, yeah. uh, because otherwise there's really not much appeal here. But a lot of appeal on the Sunday slate. And uh, I guess the big questions that we got to start at is at the running back position because we have a lot of cheap running backs emerges. Uh, let's start off with Jalen Samuels. You know, we just had to call there because in Yahoo he has tight end eligibility. Uh, he's probably going to be very popular this week at 3700 Now, he doesn't have to do much to return that value. So is he someone that you're going to lock in cash games, fade in tournaments, or are you concerned about the workload and maybe we see more Ridley? How do you think it plays out with Jalen Samuels on DK at 3700 I am concerned about the, the type of workload that he gets. And I've already um, – this is one area that I'm actually able to, to start my write-up on uh, early because I, I feel like – this piece won't change uh, specific to Samuels, but he's, he's been involved so far mostly in the passing game. And most of the time he's on the field, he's been running routes or he's been in pass blocking. Now, obviously they've had James Conner in there and they're typically a one running back system, but you have, you have a lot of spots this week, a lot of teams where there's uncertainty. And one of the things that I'm really trying to do is narrow down and say, is this a situation where I know exactly how it's going to play out? Or at least I, I think I know how it's going to play out. Or is there one where we're really still guessing? And I think this is one where we're still guessing. So if he is used as a mostly the, the passing down back, I look at it and say, okay, good. Pittsburgh uh, going up against Oakland. Oakland's giving up the most passing touchdowns this season. But he's competing with Antonio Brown, Juju, Vance McDonald. Those are pretty good targets for, for Ben to lean on, especially in the red zone. So I think that he's got a pass to fail there. Second, if they're up and they're going to lean on the run, I would expect it to go more towards Ridley. So, you know, I look at um, at, at kind of the, the cheap running back spot, and one of my favorite plays this week is, is Justin Jackson for uh, the Chargers, who is almost identical price uh, as Samuels. And with Jackson, we've already seen um, uh, Anthony Lynn come out, I think it was yesterday, and, and talked about the fact that Eckler – is wearing down. We saw it late in the game on Sunday. They went to Jackson in the fourth quarter. Jackson's used to getting a heavy workload in college. And at home against the Bengals, who are the worst team against the run lately, and they give up the most rushing touchdowns, I just think game flow-wise, if you think Pittsburgh's going to be up and you think the Chargers are going to be up, I think Jackson's a much better play, and he's going to be lower-owned. And I, I feel much more confident about him getting the reliable touches. So I get the Samuel play. Um, he, he's too cheap, you know, for, for the volume he's going to get, but he's not the only guy out there for you to look at. And he's, he's going to be 50% owned compared to Jackson, who I think at most might be five to 10%, even in tournaments. Don't, I, I think this is a week where you could see Jackson and Eckler produce. Now I know Eckler's more expensive at 6,200, but the chargers are home. It's the Bengals. They're terrible. I know we've seen the chargers disappoint in spots before, Right, but I think this right. is a week you could see a lot, you know, Eckler and Justin Jackson produce. So, I, so first off, I don't love I, – I think Oakland's going to give Pittsburgh a little bit of trouble this week. But let's say Oakland and the Chargers, like you said, they're in, both in spots where they should be up at the half. Well, if, if, excuse me, if Pittsburgh's up at the half in the case of Samuels, he's not going to be getting the carries, I don't think. I think it's going to go to Ridley. But you're right, if, if the Chargers come out and they just destroy the Bengals like we all think that they're going to, and Eckler does damage early, and if we take Anthony Lynn at his word that they want to get um, Jackson involved more with the carries and kind of save Eckler and use him on special teams, 
that's going to be at least 10 to 12 carries in the second half for Jackson. And he's looked good. And so I, I just think that Jackson has the same floor as Samuels at much lower ownership. And if he starts to get those first half carries, I think he's in line for a huge day. He, he's really one of my favorite plays overall, regardless of price this week, him and Eckler. But um, he's obviously half the price of Eckler. So you're going to take the shot on him over Samuels. Talking to Steve Renner, you can find him over at scoutdfs.com. The other cheap running back this week is Jeff Wilson for the 49ers. They are home against Denver. He's 3,800. Matt Breda already ruled out last week. He had 15 carries for 61 yards and eight receptions for 73 yards. Is he someone you're considering or are you worried about the matchup uh, against Denver? So Jackson certainly got the better matchup. Um, I am considering him. He's kind of the elephant in the room because, you know, I, I think Samuels, everyone's on. There will be some people that pivot to Jackson, but Wilson's another guy that people really just aren't trusting. But, you know, the, the 49ers as a team have been running the ball. We've seen that's more of a, a system running game that they have. Um, so with, with Shanahan, but it, it's I, – I lean Jackson, but there is some creativity that we can get with on our lineups this week. And, and to be honest, you know, I've, I typically haven't done this much this year, but you could almost look to say, hey, can I – you know, pivot down on all, on both my running back spots and even go to the flex spot and pivot down there and get good value with all three running backs and then pay up across the board at wide receiver. Now, there's not enough, um, you know, stud receivers, I think, this week to, to say, hey, you, you really should do that. But certainly getting two of them in is, is not out of the question. Um, and, and San Francisco against Denver, I don't know how much Denver's going to be able to move the ball on offense themselves now with, with Manny Sanders going down. So, you could see a good game flow for the Niners getting kind of short field position, and, and that might play for Wilson getting into the end zone. And if you do that, as you mentioned, if you go this way, then you're going to miss out on some of the elite running backs where we know we're getting guaranteed volume and production every week. You know, Ezekiel Elliott, 8,600. Saquon Barkley, 8,900. McCaffrey, 9,300. Kamara, 8,100. Uh, so that, what about those running backs? I mean, do you like any of them? Yeah. I do. I mean, I, I love Kamara this week, um, and, and to some degree, I like Ingram as well. I really like the, the Saints' ground game. I think if your your main line, your your optimal build that you're starting, you, again, we've seen, you know, last week someone was um, I saw someone debating with me about you know T.J. Yeldon and was he a good player or not, and I said, look, at, at the running back spot, the whole value concept has kind of gone out this year because. There have been so many guys every week that are getting into the 20s, and when you don't have that 20 at the running back spot, it's been harder to make it up at receiver uh, at times this year. So, you know, getting a guy like uh, a Kamara or Ezekiel Elliott, who is probably the most consistent guy to get a 20, or even McCaffrey lately, um, in your lineup is, is almost a must. Um, I'm just saying that you could get creative if you go with, like, a, a third or fourth lineup with the value guys. But to me, I think the optimal build is, you go two of the three guys at the top and then one of the value guys down below. And so for me, I'm leaning uh, Kamara and Zeke this week just because we've got the uncertainty with, with Cam and the shoulder. So maybe they do try to run it more. But if I'm Cleveland, hey, I know that's coming. I'm going to try to bottle up McCaffrey. And that also reduces McCaffrey's uh, reception upside. Zeke's going to get the ball. He's going to get the ball a ton. Um, Dallas has been playing really well. He's at home. I think Zeke's in a great spot to get 20. So for me, it's, it's Kamara, Zeke. And then I make the pivot down below. I come off of the chalk um, with Samuels, and I go over to my boy Justin Jackson. But, yeah, those of those three, they're the ones at the top. I'm not as heavily on Barkley this week. The Redskins defense has been 
decent against the run and is um, and is better at home. And really because the fact that we've got these value running backs, it's taken a lot of the mid-range guys out of the equation. So, you know, I think if you're going mid-range, you're, you're really going to be contrarian this week. Speaking of mid-range, how about Phillip Lindsay? You know, 6,300. It's three weeks in a row. He's had at least 20 points coming off a monster game last week. I know he hasn't really been involved in the passing game much recently. It's something we talked about last week. He only has five receptions over the last three games and one over the last two, and you would think this might be a game where they don't need to throw to him much if they are playing from ahead. But as you mentioned, you know, with no Manny Sanders, they probably run a little bit more. Uh, will will Lindsey be low-owned because of people either going up top or real low, and is he a good play? He's a good play just because he'll be low-owned. He, he won't be that high, and he, he seems to be doing it every week. I don't think you're going to have a lot of people end up chasing him this week because – in DFS, people people jump on the shiny object every single week, and, and that shiny object is is Jalen Samuels, which means that they're going up high. So, Lindsey's okay. I I like another guy kind of that mid range that I think nobody's going to be on because of how the game went last week. But that's David Johnson, and you know we saw Edmonds come in and and just get a lot of the workload. But if you're looking to take a tournament flyer, I think David Johnson, you know, back at home, um, same price range. To me, it's just as good of a matchup as Lindsey has, and, and I think the Cardinals are, are going to beat up on the Lions this week. So he'd be someone else to consider in that mid-range. But you touched on Austin Eckler. Look, the Bengals' rush defense has been atrocious. They're, they're the worst on the road. They're almost giving up 200 yards a game on the road. And if you're the Chargers, you've got that Thursday game with the Chiefs next week. I mean, it, it should be Eckler left and then Jackson right. I mean, that, that should be the whole game. Get in and out as quickly as you can. So – He's probably the best guy in the range, and I, I touched on Ingram as well uh, with the weather in that game. I think it's going to be the Saints on the ground a ton this week. Yeah, that is something that has already started to pop up, that weather. I mentioned that briefly before. Obviously, we're still a few days away, but it looks like it's going to be a ton of rain there in Tampa Bay, so that's something to yeah. follow. Uh, any love for Sony Michelle? Obviously, James Devlin last week taking two touchdowns away. Miami has been terrible against the run. Uh, we did see Michelle have a big game in Week 12, but last week didn't find the end zone. So there is that risk. He's not involved in the passing game, so he's dependent on touchdowns. But I don't think a lot of people will go with him. Would you consider him at all in a tournament this week? No, because he would be like my, you know, maybe between my 14th or 15th ranked running back, and, and there's so much uncertainty with New England, whether if, they, if they're going to be a heavy run game that week, who are they running it with? Um, it, or if they're a pass game, then obviously that leans more like on James White. So no love for Sonny Michelle. If you, if you go down, someone that I'm really starting to lean on a little bit more as the week goes on is LaShawn McCoy. Um, the, the Jets' rush defense over the past few weeks has, has been getting gashed, and he went over 100 yards in his last meeting against them. Uh, and he's always had good home road splits. Uh, so, it, you know, that's going to be a game where I don't see the Jets' offense doing anything this week. Uh, I think McCoy, if you go down to 5K, is someone that I'm really starting to get interested in. And then Adrian Peterson at 4,800, um, you know, it's a, it's a decent matchup against the Giants. And, look, we know the Redskins have nothing through the air. Um, they're, they're still fighting for a little bit of a slim hope on the playoff spot. So I would have more interest in Adrian Peterson. In the case with McCoy and, and AP, I know they're getting the ball, whereas with someone like Sonny Michelle or James White, it, it's, it's a flip of the coin every single week. 
Yeah, I see the argument for McCoy. Anytime someone brings up McCoy, I just kind of vomit. But he did have twenty. I haven't used them all year. Yeah, I, w- I, I wouldn't either. Like year. he was, he was my bust of the year in our preseason pro picks. So I'm like, this offense is going to be brutal. It's even worse than I thought. But he did have his best game against the Jets back in Week Ten when they trampled him. He had twenty-seven point eight DK points, so it makes sense. A lot more ahead here. We're joined by Steve Renner, Scout DFS. We'll go over the quarterbacks, the receivers, and the tight ends for the Week 14 DFS slate. When we continue, you're listening to Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. You're listening to Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Make sure you check out ScoutFantasySports.com. Become a member today. we got all your football content to take you through your championships. You can ask questions on the message boards and forums anytime you want. And the holidays are coming. You need some extra money. That's where ScoutDFS.com comes into play. Whether it's NBA, NFL, NHL, we have you covered and you'll make your membership money back in one night, depending on how much money you put in. So check it out today, ScoutDFS.com. Joined by Steve Renner from ScoutDFS.com as we're going over the Week 14 slate for the NFL season. Uh, let's take a look at quarterback. Uh, can you see spending up this week for Pat Mahomes? Obviously, he's put up monster weeks. He's 7,000 in DK. He's at home, but we know that Baltimore defense has been good. You saw what they did to Atlanta last week, but Kansas City's not Atlanta. Usually we haven't been paying up at quarterbacks, but with some of the running back value, maybe you can this week. Would you consider Mahomes? No, and I think the Chiefs lose. Really? Um, yes. I would like to lose. see that only because I want to see the Chargers go far. I want to see Rivers finally get to Super Bowl, and that would make next week's matchup. Like, people don't realize this. Or maybe, yeah. I don't know how many. The Chargers still have a shot to be the number one seed in the AFC. They do. They do. I was playing with it. Uh, you can play with, there's a, like, I think ESPN has a, a good, there's a playoff simulator and all this. But I was playing with it. And if, if that happens, if the Chiefs lose this week, that game next week is basically not only for the division, but you could argue for the number one seed. I mean, certainly New England is, is still in play. But I, I agree. I, I would love to see that. Um, I Yeah, I think. I think this is a, just a, a perfect trap spot for, for the Chiefs. I think they got by last week without Kareem Hunt, um, who I'm sorry, I know it's the system and all this, but Kareem Hunt is better than, than Spencer Ware. Yes. Um, and so, you know, Baltimore now is one of the better defenses that the Chiefs have faced. Um, and you, you've obviously got that Thursday night game lingering there. And I just think that the, the Ravens are going to be able to come into this game and control the football. Um, I actually, I, I really like um, Lamar Jackson, just if, if you're looking for just kind of your cash quarterback this week, because he's been running it so much, getting over 70 yards every game. He's $1,300 less than, than Mahomes. He's, he's got two rushing touchdowns in each, or one in each of the last two games. And he's going to be able to throw it, I think, against the Chiefs. So I, I think ball control, 
um, kills the time of possession game for the Chiefs here, which also kills Mahomes from a from a DFS value perspective. So, um, but yeah, I, I like Baltimore. They're rolling right now, and if, if it's not broke, don't fix it with that with Lamar Jackson at the helm. So, um, so no Mahomes for me. I really haven't played him much since the beginning of the season, and and it, to be honest, it, it hasn't killed me outside of one week. So. Yeah, if you look, the two toughest pass defense Mahomes has faced this year, Jacksonville and Arizona, he had 20 DK points in both. So uh, definitely is something to keep an eye on. Sounds like you're not on your boy Drew Brees this week. He's 6,600. Is it because of the weather? It's 100% because of the weather. And the everything since I think I looked on Sunday and saw thunderstorms, and it hasn't changed. And, of course, it's, it's Florida weather, right, Tampa? We, things can pop up and change at any minute. I've seen games there over the years where they've had, like, an hour and a half delay because of thunderstorms and lightning. But he's had a few games where that's happened, and every time that it rains and, and breeze and the Saints are out there, it gives them fits to the point that um, Sean Payton even talked about today that they were doing a bunch of wet ball drills and things like that. And so they're, they're really – they're aware of it. They're going to prepare for it. But – you know, interesting thing is, as you dig deep on the, on the Tampa defense, since they've gotten some of their guys on the defensive line back, and they're all really pass rusher guys, they, they, they jump off the snap quickly, they don't really defend the run. If you look at the past month or so, Tampa has actually been better against the pass statistically than, than they have the run significantly. Now, the, the caveat there is they face, you know, some really bad pass offenses like Eli Manning and, and Alex Smith when he was still healthy with, with Washington. Um, so certainly Breeze is it's certainly much more capable of that, and he can pick on the, the cornerbacks. But, you know, I think if the Saints get out to the lead and we see a lot of rain here, it's going to be a, a heavy ground game, and I don't think Breeze is going to throw that much. So for his price, I, I'm completely off of him this week. All right, so it sounds like one of the quarterbacks you like is Lamar Jackson. He's 5,700. Uh, where else are you looking at quarterback this week? So I love the game between Indy and Houston. Um, yeah, I so do too. I, mentioned... I think I think people are uh, over. Not I think Houston's defense is good, but look who they have faced, and look at what Luck did against them last time. Well, I'll, I'll give you something on this. I, I I felt like this game right here is going, or this matchup is. I think in a couple years we're going to look back and say. This is when the tide turned for this matchup becoming the new kind of quarterback rivalry within a division. So similar to what I've seen with, you know, with Breeze and Ryan over the years in the NFC South, where whenever they meet at high-scoring games, I think Luck and Watson for years are going to be just kind of the, the battle matchup that people are always going to want to tune into. And they had, had a high-scoring game the last time they met. It was the, the overtime game. Um, so those two are, are kind of my favorites. And, and one thing with this is, I mentioned I'm going to look for safety spots. Because of the weather this week, it seems every game is either in the cold or in rain outside of this game in a dome and the, the Lions and the, and the Cardinals in, in a dome as well, which I think they, they may actually open the roof, but it's definitely good weather there. But this is a game where I think you know, we get the elements are, are going to be safe. We don't have rain. We don't have really cold weather. We know both teams are coming out fighting for a playoff spot. And, you know, on the Indy side, I think that they have a better – pass uh, matchup they have more injuries to, to be worried about but Deshaun Watson you know he's played really well at times this year and to me I think his upside he seems to shine in these big games um, I'm leaning Watson a little bit here but I, you know Andrew Luck to me is the better matchup uh, than Watson does but those two guys in that game look I, I like them more than 
Then Winston, obviously Cam, you can't trust because of his shoulders. We touched on Rivers. It's going to be a ground game there. I like Lamar Jackson, but, you know, the only other game that I, I think could be a good quarterback game would be the one in Green Bay between Rodgers and Matt Ryan. And, you know, who knows what Rodgers is going to do this week. You know, it, it, that guy to me seems a little too dramatic or he seems to be the most dramatic quarterback in the league. Maybe he was pissed off about McCarthy. Maybe not. Maybe, who knows? There's a lot of maybes there, but all this, the, the thoughts there is it's, it's a lot of speculation. It's going to be 30 degrees. If I'm Green Bay, I attack Atlanta on the ground. Um, but, you know, if you want to take a shot with Rodgers, he would be the other one to, to consider. Yeah, I agree. I think that's like one of the biggest things you're trying to figure out this week because you're going to be see people who are on one side who go, oh, Rodgers is going to go off. He's happy McCarthy's gone. Right. He's going to feel liberated. But maybe they just suck. Did we ever think about that? They might just suck, and they can't yep. do it against anyone. Yeah, yeah, and well, and Atlanta's got Deion, uh, Deion Jones back, so you know the defense might start to play better. But I, I'm with you. I, I don't think that they're that good. Um, but there is that thought in lingering, which is, oh my gosh, Rogers going to go off. He's going to be angry. He's going to look to show them. And and I guess you could see Atlanta putting up some points too, although they haven't been as good um, on the road this year. But it's you know, there's a little bit of thought too with the same idea about okay, the the game in Miami. So you know, Brady. All the talk now is, oh, well, Brady can't throw the deep ball anymore, and, and everything he's throwing is behind the line of scrimmage again, and he hasn't been doing it. I can see New England coming out this week and just trying to light up the Dolphins. Um, so that's, that's a game. I, I, I lean that one more than the Green Bay-Atlanta game because I, I just think that Green Bay-Atlanta, just are, they're below average teams. And final score of that game is probably going to be like 24-23, and it's going to end on one of the teams missing a kick. So... Um, I don't love it, but to me, it's, it's Luck and Watson. I, I think this is going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be the best game of the weekend, and I, I definitely want to get exposure there. Are people going to get burned by Josh Allen this week after his two really good games for fantasy with his rushing? I mean, he's at home, great matchup against the Jets, or is he in play at 5,500? I wouldn't play him. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just don't see why. I mean, you – how are the Jets going to score? I, I've won quarterbacks that are going to be in high-scoring games, and I don't see how the Jets score. And I mentioned that I'm really starting to lean on, on Shady McCoy. Allen's completion percentage is just not good enough for me to really roster him. If he was 4,500, maybe, um, but not at 5,500. I, I think he's a mistake. I think James Winston's a mistake. Um, I might be being a homer there, but I think he's, he's going to play terrible. If you want to take a shot on somebody, Derek Carr has played better of late. And, you know, there was something to the fact that the, the Chargers it destroyed Pittsburgh in the slot with Keenan Allen last week. And I got to figure the Gruden's going to see that now. Oakland is really thin at receiver right now, so I don't know that he has good weapons there. But Carr at 5,000, he's been playing better, not turning the ball over. And then if you want to get crazy, look, if you're going to consider Josh Allen, play Ryan Tannehill at 4,800. You're going to have better weather there down in Miami. I think the Dolphins are going to look to make a statement after getting blown out by the Patriots earlier this year. They're familiar with them. I would much rather go there because he's got better targets than, than try to hope that Josh Allen can find Zay Jones again. So I'll get a Steve Renner scout DFS. Among the high-priced wide receivers, who do you like the most? You got it. I mean, Michael Thomas is probably the most consistent. I mentioned I don't love the, the Saints passing game, but Thomas – just floor-wise, should, should get a decent catch volume. He'll be able to get open as much as he wants. But 
Uh, my favorite play is, is Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he's the target for Pittsburgh on the road. Uh, you save $800 off Antonio Brown. You're going to want to get some exposure to Pitt. Um, and if, you know, if you're like me and you come off Samuels, then you, you want to go to Brown or, or Schuster or even maybe Vance McDonald, the tight end. But Juju's my favorite up top. Um, I, like I said, I think Thomas is the safest. And then I go straight to that, that Houston Indy game. So a couple things to note here. One, on the, the Houston side, everyone's going to jump to DeAndre Hopkins at 7,800. I think that's great. He's a good play. Uh, but we see a lot of times when you get these high-scoring games, it's, it's that second receiver for the value that in DFS becomes a really good play. And, and Demarius Thomas is dirt cheap for the production that, that he's had and I think for what he's going to have this week. So it's kind of a combination of the, of the Houston game. I would actually start with putting Demarius in. And then if you have the money, uh, certainly get DeAndre Hopkins because he's going to get 100 yards, it seems, every game. But T.Y. Hilton, over his last – uh, four meetings against Houston has gone over 100 yards in each of them. His games in Houston, he's completely torched them. It's something where I went to just kind of pick up on Hilton's injury status, and, and there, there's a lot of even narrative out there right now about how he's des- destroyed them. Um, he did leave the game earlier this year twice. He had a, like a chest injury and a hamstring injury, so that's why his, his total in that game was down so low. But he's killed him. He's killed him in every single meeting. And I mentioned Luck as the better matchup there. I think T.Y. Hilton, 6,300, is a steal this week. Um, and I know, uh, I know our guy Sean Childs, his, his projections seem to very much agree with that. I wouldn't be shocked if T.Y. Hilton is, is in our optimizer all weekend long and, and, and never comes out. So I'm actually hoping that T.Y. is limited tomorrow and people are off of him because I I don't think he sits out this week. And it's it's a shoulder injury, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. And and when people yes, see that so, red Q next to his name, they might shy away from him. Yeah. So if it was a hamstring, you might be a little more concerned. But shoulder, I'm I'm not too concerned with that with Ty. So yeah, I'm I'm I was glad that he didn't participate in practice today. I hope he's limited a little bit tomorrow because he's going to play. Um, and then the, the problem with India is after him, there's there's no other real pass targets. But um, if I would, if I was ranking them up top, it's it's I'll say Juju one, Thomas two, Hopkins and Hilton. Uh, are in my favorite game there. About the mid-range, we saw these guys come through last week. They were a little bit cheaper, but Chris Godwin and Adam Humphreys, uh, looks like Deshaun Jackson's going to be out again. Yeah, because of DJX being out, I, I lean Godwin a little bit there. Um, Humphreys has been kind of carving up the middle of the field. Um, I would You, you want to attack the Saints more on the sideline, so I, I would go Godwin if you go any Tampa receiver, um, but I don't, I'm not high on the, the Tampa passing game this week. Golden Tate. He torched Dallas earlier this year. Not uh, the second start, time, but, but that was a, that was one of his first games, I think. Weeks, we saw him obviously score. Right. No, I'm saying I think the yeah sec- when he was with Detroit when he was with Detroit. Right. He had a big game, and then he came back with Philly. Did not have a big game, but that might have been his... second time. Maybe he didn't do much. Correct. Right. Yeah. Two for nineteen, but I think that was his first game with Philly. Yeah, it was because they were coming off a bye. I think it was. I think yeah. it was. And so he, he he got more involved last week, and we saw him certainly in the red zone as well, which that was – yeah, yeah. And the interesting thing about that with the Eagles was that Zach Ertz was coming off the field when they were down inside the 10. And I don't know if that was matchup specific to the Redskins or what. but It was just so dumb. I, I like Tate at, at 4,800. Um, him and Godwin up above that – what's that? It was just dumb taking Ertz out there. It was just dumb? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. I agree completely. Yeah. Um, 
I, I think uh, Jarvis Landry uh, for Cleveland against a reeling Carolina defense. Um, Ron Rivera said he's going to take over the play calling this week, but look, he can't fix some secondary issues. Landry's seen his usage go way down, but this could be a spot where he gets target-wise a, a big bump, which makes him a good DK play. And then the Denver-San Francisco game, you got to figure Cortland Sutton is, is going to get even more targets. He, Who do you like I this like week? Who do you Sorry, like this week at, at tight end? Uh, so one guy that you know we touched on just briefly. I mentioned Brady. He's cleared to play this week. Um, he he should mash against Miami. They've struggled against tight ends lately. If Ebron is a go, um, I think Ebron's going to end up being my top guy. And then I mentioned also on the Pittsburgh side. You know, there's, they're limited even behind Juju and Brown at the receiver position with um, uh, Hunter being out and Switzer looking like he's out. So Vance McDonald, um, you know, don't sleep on him as well because they're going to beat him through the air. So to me, it's it's Gronk, but I'm really – Ebron has been such a – he's been such a pain all year in all formats, but you got to love him in the red zone. If he's healthy in a game that I think is going to be high scoring, even at 5,700 um, – a good play to go in in a in a good game stack spot. Well, yeah, especially with Doyle out now, ten uh, sixteen targets last week, ten receptions. So at least with Doyle out of the picture, you know he's going to get a lot of volume. You're right. McDonald's in a smash spot. Oakland's been terrible against the tight ends. A lot of times when you've paid down cheap at tight end lately, it hasn't worked. Is there anyone you would consider? Would you look at it? Ian Thomas, go back to Matt Lacoste. Are these just guys too risky? Those are the only two. Uh, I. I think it's a good spot for both of them. Ian Thomas, the problem with him is obviously Cam's shoulder. Um, but yep. you know, he, he's he's someone to consider going back to. I think Lacoste, you, you've got to consider going back to him. I wasn't high on him last week, but uh, this week with, with Mandy Sanders being out, I, I think Lacoste, is, he won't get shut out this week. So consider him. But you're right, you know, paying down a tight end. Look, I've got Vance McDonald at, at 3,800. Even if I go up a little bit above that, you've got – uh, someone like Austin Hooper at 4,300 for Atlanta. Um, there's really not much reason to to take a long shot at tight end. Um, although if 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 you want kind of my 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 Saint Homer play of the week, I I don't like the passing game, but I, I could see Dan Arnold getting uh, into the end zone this week. So. All right, that is Steve Renner. You can check him out at scoutdfs.com. Steve, thanks a lot for the time, and good luck this weekend. Good luck, Adam. All right, you can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. Have my deep sleep article up this weekend. I'll be back tomorrow with Dr. Roto, 7 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.